The Can't Wait Podcast is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Yes, there's plenty of football games on there, but other sports as well. This weekend, this week in New York City, tons of college basketball, Madison Square Garden and Brooklyn, Brooklyn as well. Great prices on Game time you can do it with easy two tap checkout the game time app is simple quick and easy to navigate download the game time app in google play or app or the app store and score last minute deals on tickets up to 60 percent off I think they came in a little too happy. Just put it like that. I think I think they didn't. They thought it was just going to be an easy game. Put it like that. It was an easy game, just not for the Raiders. The Jets win it 34-3 on Sunday. That's three straight wins, 34 points in three straight games. And in less than a month, the Jets have gone from embarrassing laughingstock after losing in Miami to maybe a team of the future. Welcome into the Can't Wait Podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Connor Hughes. Connor, let's just start right there. This team is just—it just seems like there's a completely different team on the field every Sunday than there was a month ago. Yeah, and honestly, Tim, I mean, this this game was huge because when the Jets beat the Giants, the Giants were a bad football team. They were a bad football team with their their all pro running back hobbled on one leg with his ankle still bothering them. Without Sterling Shepard, they're they're pretty good slot receiver, and without Evan Ingram, one of their probably their arguably their best offensive rep, weapon, not name uh, Saquon Barkley. So. When the Jets beat them, it wasn't really too much of a surprise. It was a good win, but they beat another bad football team. When they beat the Redskins, again, yeah, they beat them handedly. Yeah, the offense looked good. Yeah, the defense looked great. But at the same time, that was a football team that is a very, very bad football team. And because they were a bad football team, again, the Jets were supposed to beat them. So you really didn't learn too much about the Jets in those two games because, again, they were games that, yeah, good wins, convincing wins, congratulations, you won two games, but they were against two really cruddy teams. This Raider team was not a cruddy team. They had a pretty good quarterback in Derek Carr who entered this game with a quarterback rating over 105. It was like 105.2 or 105.4, something crazy like that. They had that rookie running back, Josh Jacobs, that was just tearing it up. They had some talent outside. They had a good tight end in Waller. Their defense was pretty good with two very good pass rushers in Farrell and Crosby. They had John Gruden and the sideline who suddenly has kind of rekindled the magic that he had very early with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and throughout his tenure with the uh, Raiders before they traded him to Tampa Bay. They were a team that was 6-4 and four and, and fighting for the wild card spot and very much in the race for the AFC West division title with the Chiefs and and the Jets just wiped the floor with them up and down I mean this was a shellacking in every sense of the word I mean the Jets offense I mean Adam Gase coached circles around the Raiders defense I mean they had no idea what was going on with the Jets run game working the pass game was working they threw in that triple reverse flea flicker thing that they ran at one point as well just absolutely brilliant offensive game plan and then Greg Williams I mean that was that was as good 
of a performance as the Jets defense has had against a pretty good team in the last couple of years. Maybe going back to the Lions in the opener last year, that was one that kind of stood out. But this was one of the most complete games I've seen. I mean, again, the the, the Jets made Derek Carr look pedestrian. He was benched. They they I mean, Jake uh, John Gruden benched Carr for Mike Glennon. That's how good the Jets defense was playing against a quarterback that was having a career year. So. Uh, th- this was the the Jets' best performance of the season, no doubt. I mean, it's certainly they look better than they did against the Cowboys, the Giants, the Redskins, all that stuff. And yeah, I mean, everything's rolling. I think it started back during that meeting that that uh, Sam Darnold had with Adam Gase. The defense has kind of found itself a little bit, and and they're firing on all cylinders right now. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll get into it all. Darnold will break down his performance, the defense, of course, and and everything that's going on. And with the team rolling like this, what a perfect time to subscribe to this podcast. So do that so you get it automatically delivered every week that we come out with it and give us a five-star review while you're at it as well. Um, So they get three wins in a row, and then you look at the schedule, and then you start to wonder and you start to think crazy thoughts, Connor, because... The Bengals coming up and then the Dolphins after that in a rematch. These are both going to be games in which the Jets are favored. So you win those. Suddenly this team 6-7 and seven, and then the Ravens come and then the Steelers and then a winnable game week 17. But if this team gets to 6-7 and seven with that Thursday night game with the Ravens coming, there's going to be some the, – the fan base is going to be going nuts at that point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I'll tell you what, Tim. I mean, this game – against Cincinnati is is going to tell me a lot about Adam Gase. Uh, it's going to tell me a lot about Jamal Adams and the other leaders on this team, and it's going to tell me a lot about the state of the Jets being truthfully a different and unique and, and truly evolved, matured team. Because this game on the road in Cincinnati against a team that, that really has no right even taking the field with the Jets, as crazy as that sounds, this is the game that the Jets lose last year. That's the game they lose in 2017. That's the game that they lose in 2016. That's the game that they lose in 2015. I mean, that that was the story of the Jets. That as good as they would look at times when they would play teams like that where they're better than them, they're supposed to wipe the floor with them, they're on the road, that's the game that they lose. And and the Bengals, I mean, they've, they've put up some fights the last couple of weeks. I mean, they've kind of had their moments where they've seen like, oh, maybe this is the week they win. I don't think they really got too much in that quarterback there that they benched Andy Dalton for. Joe Mixon's a pretty good player. The receivers without A.J. Green aren't that good. Don't really know what's happened to Tyler Eifert. I think injuries have just kind of derailed his career. But, I mean, there is some talent over there. I don't think they're good. I think that the Jets should win this game by two or three touchdowns. But, again, this is the game that in the past – the Jets would lose, that they would come off this this huge win against the Raiders, riding a three-game win streak, walk in there to Cincinnati, and do something stupid to cost them the game. So I, I the, the difference that I've seen from this year's Jets team as opposed to the other ones, which is probably the biggest testament to Adam Gase as this head coach, is that they really haven't gotten too far ahead of themselves. And I wrote this in the post-game column that when the Jets would win games the last couple of years under Todd Bowles, and especially the last two years after they went through that kind of rebuild in 2016 and brought in the young guys in 17 and tried to develop them in 18, when the Jets would win games, this locker room would go into an absolute frenzy. I mean, they basically had no clue how to handle success. So they would beat this lowly team or go on a two-game win streak, and suddenly guys are talking about running the table, guys are talking about the playoffs, guys are talking about how we've made it, it's a new year, let's go. Uh, They're singing, dancing, screaming in the locker room. The locker room uh, during the week, the ensuing week, is just crazy, hysteria, all this stuff in a frenzy. That would then set the stage for, 
for these like historic letdowns the rest of the way that that the team would just come crash landing back down to earth they would lose a game they weren't supposed to i mean it was ugly it's it's what happened after the jets beat the lions in the opener last year it's what happened uh, after they they beat the um, the Bills in 2016 in 2017, that's what happened after they went on that three game win streak when they beat the uh, the Browns and and it was again it's just it's what's happened year after year that they, the locker room just gets so ahead of itself that they crash back back down. This year, it's been an entirely different locker room after wins like I have never seen it before don't get me wrong like players are are in a good mood they're smiling they're talking you can tell it's an upbeat feel but there's nothing out of the ordinary there's no like extreme exuberance within that team and that's what was not the case last year and and I you know we talked to Jordan Jenkins uh, after the game yesterday and and he said that you know what what coach has kind of instilled in us and what coach uh talking about coach Gase he did and this is quote it's not me calling coach Adam Gase coach, but he said Coach Gase and Coach Williams and Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, those two guys have instilled in this team a mindset that you need to treat every single game exactly the same. You need to treat every single game as if you lost. So when we win, act it as if we just lost that game. That's what Greg Williams and Adam Gase have instilled in this in this team is that treat each game like it's a loss come to work you can be happy that you won but throw it aside after 24 hours and focus on the next game and you know focusing on the next week week by week yada 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 it's a cliche and and everyone talks about it but I've never actually seen the Jets do it until this year this is truly the first year ever since maybe 2015 when they went on that run where truthfully they take it week by week where no one is getting ahead of themselves no one is, is is so high on cloud nine that they're just going crazy. There's no music blaring, players dancing, guys screaming. They basically the, the Jets in the past would treat the 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 minor the minorest of successes like they had just won the Super Bowl. This year, there's some smiles. Guys are clearly happy. But even Jamal Adams, watch his press conferences. Watch him during the week. Watch him after games. Listen to how he's speaking, and then compare that to when the Jets won games in 16, and when the Jets won game or when the Jets won games in 2017 and 2018. Obviously, Adams wasn't there in 2016. It's totally and completely different because Gase has this mindset that these guys have truly bought in by week by week, and I think. I think that because these this is true, and, I, and I'm starting to believe that this is really this isn't just an act, but this is really how these players feel. That kind of mindset should prevent a massive letdown against the Bengals next week. That kind of mindset should keep them going in strong against Cincinnati and beating the Cincinnati Bengals and handling them and taking care of their business out there and 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 beating a team that hasn't won yet this year and, and continuing this win streak to four. That mindset should help them. But again, I kind of got to see it before I'm totally on board with, okay, yes, this team has changed their mental makeup. Their maturity is different. Their, their, uh, their everything is different. They have truly evolved to a point where they are not going to become susceptible to so many letdown games that they really do believe. We were the team that had no wins, one win not long ago. So were the Bengals. We beat the Cowboys. They can beat us. We're going we're gonna to bunker down and win this game. But the mindset of this team lately kind of has me thinking that, you know what, maybe they're going to be fine. Maybe they're going to be fine in this game against Cincinnati, but it's going to be a big tell because the Jets should wipe the floor with the Bengals. They should wipe the floor with the Bengals more than they beat the Redskins, certainly more than they beat the Redskins because the Bengals are a significantly worse team than the Redskins, than the Giants, and obviously against the the Raiders. The Jets should wipe the floor with them. I just want to see if they do, and it's going to tell me a lot if they do.
Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch that game. And and Jamal Adams talked about him post-game. Had a chip on his shoulder. We heard it off the top of this podcast after the game, uh, feeling disrespected. And if this team can continue to have that kind of attitude, it should help them as well. Don't get cocky. Just continue to think that you're disrespected. Motivation shouldn't be a problem, obviously, when Miami comes to town the week after that, having lost to the Dolphins earlier in the season. So it's it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. All right, let's get into this game. And first on the offensive side, um, Darnold just – He's definitely taken a step. That is clear. He's over 300 yards. Over these three games that they've won, he's got seven touchdowns, just one interception. Uh, The quarterback rating on Sunday, 127.8. And what I didn't see really at all, and there was maybe one play that that made me wonder, but but for the most part, no mistakes, Connor. Nothing that stood out and you were like, oh, there's there's a young quarterback move right there. None of those stood out. It was solid decisions. He created time when he needed to. He threw the ball away a lot and lived to fight another day and then made those extra made those extra chances pay off with big throws. He's just getting better each week right now. I mean, eventually I think there'll be another step back probably because that's just how this goes with young quarterbacks. But, man, is his upward trajectory looking good right now. Yeah, you know, you, you say that. Like, there should be a, a step back and there should be the, the – I don't know. I mean, look, I'm not saying the Jets are, are going to run the table. I'm not saying that the Jets are going to win every game. I don't think that they can beat the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Ravens are that good of a team where I don't see the Jets having a possibility of beating them unless, like, it's it's the ultimate letdown game. But at that point, at that point in the season, Ravens are going to be fighting for the number one seed. I don't see them as a team that, like, I just don't think they're going to lay down to the Jets. And I think that Harbaugh is a good enough coach where they won't become susceptible to that trap game. But the Jets can lose games. The rest of this way, the Jets can struggle. The Jets cannot win, and Darnold can still look good. He's never necessarily he doesn't he's not necessarily going to have this performance like he just did on Sunday, or even against the Redskins, or to some extent against the Giants. He's not going to have that every single week. That's just I mean, if he were, he would be Pat Mahomes and winning MVP. But what he can do is just play well. Don't be the reason that your team loses. That's kind of what you want to see from him throughout the rest of this season. You don't, and again, if the Jets are down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, he chucks one up because he just needed to make a play. That's one thing. But he can't be the reason why the Jets lose a game. And I think that if he continues to have two or three more games like this the rest of the way against the Bengals, Dolphins, then maybe one against the 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 either the Bills or Steelers to steal a game there that the Jets aren't supposed to win. And then the Jets finish this season 7-9, season 8-8, seven and 8-8, eight and eight, something like that. And then you have uh, uh, he's looked good in every single game or pretty good in every single game and then a couple where he's looked lights out. That's where I think the Jets would take that. You just don't want to have the Patriot game again. You don't want to have the Jaguar game again. You don't want to have the Dolphin game again. Those are the games that you don't want to see from Sam Darnold anymore the rest of the year. The Jets don't necessarily have to win, but his development needs to continue. He needs to keep taking that step forward, have another couple really, really good lights-out games. Obviously, he plays the Dolphins and Bengals again, so that should happen in those two outings. But then you just want to see him move forward and you want to see him continue to develop and just don't take that massive step back and and honestly there's no reason to believe that he will take that massive step back based off of what you are seeing right now because he's just he's seeing the game so well he's feeling the game so well you can tell he's starting to really trust in Adam Gase and the plays that are called and and that he really is believing in them you can tell he's starting to have uh, a true chemistry built 
with Demarius Thomas and Ryan Griffin and Jamison Crowder where he can move around within the pocket and be looking right but then spin left and know exactly where his guys are on the left side of the field despite the fact that maybe he wasn't looking there right off the bat. He doesn't need to see things. He can feel them happening around him and then make plays to win. And I think the perfect example of it, which is I'm still scratching my head as to why this happened. The Jets faced, I think it was a third down um I want to say it was the second second or third quarter. It was, it was when they were driving right to left uh, on the stadium. And Darnold rolled out of the pocket uh, and, and approached the line of scrimmage. And he had about 20 yards to run. Like he, I mean, Tim, he, you, you saw the play. This, he is, had like the, this is the play I was yards. actually talking about. This is the exact play I was talking about where you wonder, where the decision could have gone either way. And he and go ahead, you can tell the story of, of what he did. Yeah, but, so uh, yeah. so so he, he rolls out to the right. I mean, he has... 30 yards like the all 22 i can't wait for it to come out a little bit later on today the all 22 shows like holy crap the dude's got like 20 yards before the closest defender and instead of running and picking up the first down and sliding he rockets one to robbie anderson who makes a leaping grab and then runs all the way to like the 11 yard line and the jets later punched into the end zone if i'm not mistaken i think that was the play that they then threw uh the the design to ryan griffin which remind me to talk about that play as well because that was Adam Gay said his best was that play call. So remind me to go back to that. But they, like this, that play from Darnold kind of just signified exa- exactly how far he has come in his development because he felt that play. He had the confidence to get Robbie Anderson the ball. And even though he had the rushing lane, he thought he could get more. In hindsight, and when they're watching film, Adam Gase is probably going to say, look, hell of a throw, great play. But you might want to just run the ball here exactly. because, I mean, yeah, like, like that was over defender's head into Robbie Anderson. Like there's a – Robbie could get hit and drop it. Robbie could drop the ball. The defender could make an insane play. I mean, just just get the first down. But still, that just shows you how far he's coming, how confident he is playing. And when you're a quarterback playing with confidence, usually you don't have that massive setback where things just totally implode. You're not necessarily going to win every game, like I said. But you're not going to have that game where just every like the the where you're seeing ghosts like like what happened against the the Patriots because you have so much confidence you have so much feel but really I think what you're seeing here Tim is that Ryan is that uh, Adam Gase and Sam Darnold are really just coming together as one and they figured each other out and it probably would have happened a month earlier if Sam Darnold didn't have mono but these two guys have figured each other out. Adam Gase knows what makes Darnold click. Darnold knows what makes Adam Gase click. And these guys are putting together an offensive performance and an offensive stretch like the Jets have not seen in quite some time. I don't know if a quarterback has played as well as Darnold has the last three since maybe Fitzpatrick. And I don't even know if Fitzpatrick played this well during that 10-win 2015 stretch. So what I was going to say about that play was was pretty much that, that, that he's confident now and he makes that throw. That same play with... Sam Darnold in that same position, I think, early in the season, and maybe the throw isn't quite as confident, and one of those two defenders makes a play, and it's an interception, and we're talking about the bad decisions of Sam Darnold when he could have easily run for a first down. But with the confidence now, he makes that great throw, and yeah, um, it just kind of shows you uh, where he's at. Uh, I'll let you get to that other throwback play as well, but before that, real quick, because we just talked about Anderson on that play, uh, he had the touchdown catch at the end of the end zone as well in the back of the end zone. Four for 86 in the touchdown for Anderson. And he just feels like a, a complete receiver now more than ever before. Yeah, you know, the thing with Adam Gase and, and the, one of the reasons why I think Anderson had some success is, is Gase legitimately felt 
bad for Anderson because the guy has been doing everything the coaches have asked of him. The guy's been doing everything for that that the coaches have asked. He's been improving. And when you watch the film and you specifically just watch him, he has been getting open. He's been beating his guys and been getting open the last month, month and a half of the season, dating back to when Sam Darnold left with Mono. And the Jets just haven't been able to get him the ball. They just, for whatever, and, and it's not for lack of trying. Adam Gase has actually gone out of his way to design plays specifically just to get Robbie Anderson the ball. And for whatever reason, I've seen the film. Virtually every single one of those plays, something bad happens. Like, And it's it's not Robbie Anderson's fault. It's not always Sam Darnold's fault. But it's the play where, like last week, where they played the Redskins. He hit Robbie Anderson on the crosser for like a 40-yard gain, and it comes back because of a hold. Or the protection breaks down. Sam Darnold needs to slide around and hit his check down. Or the safety, who has never once, um, when the Jets have watched film, crept over to the right side of the field, suddenly creeps over to the right side of the field to shut down Robbie. I mean, things that just, you're like, how is this, how much of a rut can someone get in where they are doing everything right and we just cannot get him the damn ball? That's what Adam Gase has been dealing with. So entering this game, and truthfully, this is what happened. Entering this game against the uh, the Raiders, he said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done trying to force the ball to Robbie Anderson because it's not working. I just need to make it happen naturally within this offense that through the read progressions when you're setting things up Anderson gets himself open and that's how I'm going to approach this week I'm not going to go out of my way to dial up 15 pass plays to Robbie Anderson hoping the three of them hit so so he's happy and he realizes it's just got to happen within the offense and it did you saw Anderson get the ball on crossers you saw him take a deep shot you saw him on the trick play as well these were plays that have always been in there, but Gase wasn't going out of his way to dial them. He was dialing them up within the feel of the offense, and that's where you saw Robbie have his, I think, even aside from that one long game that he had against the Cowboys, I think he, the, he caught like four passes for 60-something yards in the other one. So this was like his first true, complete game, and I think you saw him take that step forward, and, and that was a good it, was good, it was a good design game plan by Adam Gase. Good job by Robbie Anderson, too, keeping his head in, because he's an emotional player. He's someone that can check out sometimes if, if things really aren't going his way. He wanted the big year in his contract year to move this thing forward, and I think that, that what you saw from him in this game and what Adam Gase did to get in the ball in terms of just letting it come within the natural feel of the offense, it, it worked out pretty well. So that throw to Anderson in the second quarter set up a field goal that made it 13 to three. Um, the throwback to Griffin was third quarter. So they come out and they have the great um, throw on the slant, the 71 yard completion to Barrios down to the one. And then they do the throwback play to Griffin with the rollout. So just break down that because that was the praise yeah. from from Darnold after the game was that was all about the design from Adam Gase. It was everything, man. You know what's crazy is actually on that play, Crowder's open. Crowder is open right, right and off I was the like, well, you got to throw he... it. You got to throw it. And he didn't. Yeah. And then... <laughs> I was like, what the hell is Darnold doing? Like, he's there. Like, he's there. And all of a sudden he looks back left and I didn't see Griffin break off just in time. Or at that particular time. So I was like, dude, there's no one over there. What are you doing? Like Crowder was open off the snap. Throw him the damn ball. But I cannot tell you, Tim, dating back to organized team activities, how many goddamn times I have seen that play run in the red zone when the Jets are at the five-yard line. I'm serious dating back to OTAs where Darnold takes the snap. The outside receiver comes crashing down, and Jamison Crowder just goes out into the flat and catches the ball right before the pine line and then ducks in for the touchdown. The Jets have run it 3,000 times, OTAs, minicamp, 
training camp. Crowder caught a touchdown on it in the preseason. Crowder caught a touchdown on it in the regular season. Darnold threw an interception when Robbie Anderson against the Dolphins. That was the play that they were running against the Dolphins, where Robbie Anderson ran into Crowder, not the defensive back. It became a cluster, you know what. Darnold forced the ball. It was picked off. One of the worst throws we've seen all year. But it has been run so many times. And aside, seriously, aside from that play against the Dolphins, it's worked so effectively. But when you run that play so much, it's put on the film. So when you then come out in that formation against a a good team like the Raiders who has done their film study, they're immediately saying, Crowder. It's going to Crowder. They're coming down to the pick play. Now, the play has been designed, and it's such a a, 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 – when executed correctly, it is such an effective play that it works even when you know it's coming because it is very hard when you only need two yards and it's a bang-bang play. It's very difficult for you to get around the pick and run to a spot before Donald gets the snap, fires the pass to Crowder, and he ducks into the end zone if the pick is run effectively. So you really need to kind of like get around the pick, then come down. But you're basically going two to three yards back to then come three yards forward all before it's a two-yard pass for Crowder to just kind of duck in. So it's a very hard play to defend anyway. But because that has been on film and because that's on everyone's mind, as soon as Darnold took that snap and rolled right, the entire defense went that way. And while Crowder was open, the fact that the Jets then used Ryan Griffin as a backside release on a tight end screen on that play, and you saw, I mean, the guy could have literally crawled into the end zone. That's how wide open he was. He looked confused. Just a mag- oh, yeah, he was confused he was that open, yeah. but it worked so effectively because, again, it's been set up throughout the year, and they designed it, and that was just a brilliant brilliant play design by Adam Gase really I mean that's one of those things when you think and I'm not trying to to put this label on him because he does he still needs to show so much more but when you think offensive genius when you think offensive mastermind when you think someone that really has the pulse on his team and is giving defenses fits that's what it is because that is the exact situation where you get in a defense's head where you think where you can get a defense to the point where they believe they finally have you figured out and you throw a wrinkle in like that that's not a trick play that's something that is just fundamentally executed and run at the perfect time because you've set it up over weeks and weeks and weeks and that was a brilliant play call by Adam Gase and if Jet fans want one thing to say you know what maybe Maybe we got it right in hiring this guy. That's it. That play is it. Not the trick play. Not the bomb. Sam Donald's development, certainly, that's a massive feather. But that play was a huge one. All right. Still some defense to talk about. But before that, uh, you know what I'm excited about? I'm excited for Thursday. It's Thanksgiving, Connor. Turkey, stuffing, gravy, pumpkin pie. We're going to talk more about food later in the podcast. But what's your favorite on-the-table Thanksgiving side food? Yeah, I've got two. The, okay. I love my mom's uh, my mom's stuffing that she makes, which is she'll do it like in a. Uh, it's not actually. I should say three. This is going to be bad. This is like I'm trying not to make this like a 17 minute conversation. But <laughs> brought up food, man. You can't do this to me. You know you can't freaking do this to me. This is just this is your fault. This is your fault, Tim. <laughs> uh, my mom does like this stuffing that's in like a pan, and it's like it's not this one that's in the turkey, but it kind of comes out like a cake almost, like in that kind of shape. And you put gravy on it, and it's just delicious. She has like spicy sausage in it. Freaking love that. That's one of my favorites. The sweet potatoes with like the pecan brown sugar crust on top. That's one of my favorites. And my girlfriend, Brie, makes like this dynamite Velveeta broccoli crumb casserole thing. That is like the top three. So I know turkey's great, gravy's great, cranberry sauce, yada, yada, yada. But my three are the sides that I love more than anything. It's the stuffing, the uh, the mashed potatoes with the pecan crust, and obviously the, um, the no doubt, the, the broccoli casserole with the Velveeta cheese. 
Yeah, turkey's good, but it is always all about the sides on Thanksgiving. And, of course, there's also three huge heaping helpings of football, Connor. That's my favorite kind of feast. And to top it all off, it's all the action you can get betting on the games. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, you can take advantage of special Thanksgiving offers all day on Thanksgiving. Take a listen to just some of the offers DraftKings has going on. Before kickoff, place a bet on the winner of any Thanksgiving football game, and DraftKings will give you a free $5 bet. Plus, during the game, place a $5 in-game flash bet, and DraftKings will give you another free $5 bet. Just check out the promo tab after sign-up to get all the details and see what else DraftKings has to offer. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code QUICK at sign-up for a limited time. All users get a deposit bonus of up to $500. Don't forget that's code QUICK for all new and existing users to get a deposit bonus up to $500 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's move on to the defense now, um, which is suddenly this just tough, forceful defense. We knew they were good against the run. They did that again. They held Jacobs to 34 yards on 10 carries, but they were good against the pass too. This kind of reinvigorated, for some reason, secondary continues to get it done. Derek Carr, 15 of 27, 127, the pick. And you mentioned he was removed from the game in the third quarter, Connor. This defense has just found something. Yeah, and it, the credit goes to Greg Williams because when you have a defense, and I, and I know everyone calls like Greg Williams the genius. This, you know, his, his, his name has an extra G in it because that's the genius. He's this great defensive mastermind, yada, yada, yada. But in all seriousness, I mean, Greg is flexing his muscles now, and, and, and he's showing exactly what he can do because this defense, and we've been saying it all year, Tim, but especially now where they're playing legitimately good football because before they were average to slightly above average playing mediocre, and you were like, you know what? That's actually pretty good, all things considered. Now that's not the case. They're playing good football. They're playing dominant football. I mean, they just kicked the Raiders' ass, and that was the deep. The defense had up three points, dude. That was a very good Raider team, a Raider team that scored a lot of points, a Raider team that was led by a quarterback again that entered with a quarterback rating over 105, career high, great rushing attack, good tight end, good receivers, good offensive line, and the Jets kicked their ass. They wiped the floor with them, man, and again, allowed three total points, and they are playing extremely good football. They're playing like one of the better defenses in the NFL, seriously, and they're doing it despite such a mediocre and below-average talent level. Who's this team's pass rusher? Go find a, a Chief fan and tell me and ask them who the Jets' pass rusher is. They're probably going to say Jamal Adams yeah. because it's Jordan Jenkins, Terrell Basham, and Brandon Copeland. Who are these teams' middle linebackers? They're playing right now with James Burgess and Neville Hewitt. Aside from Quinnen Williams, who is the number three pick on the draft, who's the elite-level defensive lineman on this team? Henry Anderson, Foley Fatukasi, Nathan Shepard, Steve McClendon? Who are the cornerbacks? It's Arthur Mallette and Bless Austin right now. Aside from the two safeties who are very good in Marcus May and Jamal Adams. So Jamal Adams is an all-pro. Marcus May is the perfect Robin and Jamal Adams Batman. I mean, those two guys work well. The rest of this defense has such a talent deficiency at virtually every level with the exception of the defensive line, which is about, I'd say, slightly above average. And they're playing this good of football they've shut down Saquon Barkley 
They have now shut down David Carr. They've shut down Josh Jacobs and Adrian Peterson. They have played dominant football on the ground. This secondary has been completely solidified with rookie Bless Austin and Arthur Mollette. This was the game against the Raiders where I thought going in, you know what? The corners are going to be ex- exposed. This is going to be the game where it just it doesn't doesn't come together, man. It's the one where you look at it and you say, okay, look, they were able to they they were able to sh- uh, when Bless came in and replaced Nate Harrison, he was able to kind of slow down Daniel Jones some. They were obviously able to shut down Dwayne Haskins, but a, a defense featuring you, me, and Marissa could shut down Dwayne Haskins. This was a situation where David Carr or Derek Carr, I'm sorry, should have feasted on Arthur Mollette and and Bless Austin and Brian Poole. And instead, the guy got benched in the third quarter. This is some of the best defensive football I've seen the Jets play in quite some time. The Raiders was the exclamation point of showing that this team is potentially legit. They still got to do it against the Bengals and still got to do it against the Dolphins to set up that elite-level matchup uh, to really show what they're capable of against the Ravens. But those two games right there, man, I'll tell you what, or those the last two games that this team has played, it's it's remarkable what Greg Williams has done with this group. It's remarkable how good a football Greg Williams has these guys playing. And and hats off to him, man, because I didn't see it coming. I don't think too many people saw it coming. And they uh, they they've they've made a statement. Yeah, thirteen sacks in the last three games. They had thirteen the whole season before that. Adams another half sack there as he kind of he goes for the safety record. He's making a run at that for for sacks in a season. And Millette, you mentioned him as far as in a cornerback in pass coverage. He had three tackles for a loss. Also, not afraid to uh, to stick his nose in there. Um, and it's it's just been impressive. Sometimes you now I'll ask you this about Millette and and Austin because they're both rookies and they both came in without a lot of hype or anything like that. Sometimes you find guys in the draft and they become very good players. Are these guys that, or are they just doing it because Greg Williams' schemes are so good? They're playing good football. Dude. Yeah, I mean they they really, especially blessed. Like you saw a couple of those hits that he laid. I mean he's. I got to look at the the numbers when we get off here. I haven't had a chance to see like specifically the targets and completions allowed and stuff like that. But I mean they're just I I I, I don't think it's at a point yet where you can say like. Arthur Mollette, you you can trust him in 2020 to be a, 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 a starting corner, or you can trust Blessed Austin in 2020 to be a starting corner. You still need to see that throughout the rest of this year. You're going to need to see him continue to bring it against the. Uh, you, you're going to continue to see him bring it against the Bengals. Continue to see him bring it against the Dolphins. You're going to need to see it against the better competition in the Steelers when you presume Juju Smith-Schuster's back and and the. Uh, the Ravens with with Hollywood Brown and then obviously the uh, Josh uh, I think it's Josh Brown John or Josh I always get him confused because I went to school with the Josh Brown then there was the kicker and Josh Brown and then the the Bills receiver I think it's either Josh or John and I always get it mixed up I think it's John we're gonna go it's we're John. just gonna say it's John Brown. go with John you. there we go I was I was that's where I was he- I was hedging towards that or leaning towards that way uh, John Brown's a pretty good player you want to see them continue to to do that well like I said this was a big test for those two guys they passed it optimism is now high now you're starting to like before when they they took care of like the Giants backup receivers and I don't even know who the Redskins have split wide it was always like okay whatever like they they did that that's fine okay whatever move on it's really not all that impressive this was an impressive showing now you just got to see him keep going but honestly they they might it's crazy to think that wow the Jets have something in Arthur Mollett or wow the Jets have something in Bless Austin because from what I understand those two guys struggled this week at practice. Like, they did not have a good week of practice to the point where the Jets were somewhat concerned about the game that they were going to have coming in here against the Raiders. 
But then they go out on Sunday and they put forth that effort. So I, I don't know yet. Again, it's tough because the guys are rookies, so they're still coming along. They're still developing. But the Jets might have something there with it. I wouldn't lean that way. I wouldn't assure that that's going to happen. I would probably put more money on Bless being a legitimate player than Mollette. But you never know, man. And, and certainly those two guys are playing some really good football as of late. All right, usually on Mondays when you're coming off of a road game, getting back from a different stadium, we'll go with the uh, Press Box Food Power Rankings, hashtag PBFPR. So this is kind of a special Thanksgiving edition of that. All right, so the music is playing, Connor, and we heard about your favorite dishes earlier, but I know there's a little bit of pressure on both of us coming up on Thursday. Um, I'm going to be cooking the turkey for the first time. My brother's family's coming down to New York. Yeah, so a lot of pressure there not to do the whole Christmas vacation, dig into it, and just smoke (laughs) come out. Um, That's a definite possibility. But but I think it's scarier for you because you're dealing with a fryer. Yeah, but it's not so. So I'm a little. I went to a, a friend's giving this past week, and my buddy. I had deep fried turkey for the first time, and it is as good as expected. I mean, if anyone does not do a deep fried turkey, I highly recommend. I know it's a little short notice now, but for next Thanksgiving, do what you can to do a deep fried turkey because it like the the skin gets so crispy and delicious, and the the turkey was as moist as as any and juicy as anything that I've I've had. I mean, it, I've had good, like, turkeys, turkeys that have been roasted and cooked in the oven or whatever. This was another level of, holy crap, that's a good turkey. I mean, it was remarkable. So I, I recommend doing the deep fryer. But the deep fryer that my buddy did at his house was, like, the traditional one that's the giant that hooked up to the propane tank and you dip the turkey in. I'm going back home to my mom's, and, like, she said, like, oh, I bought a deep fryer. And then she sent me a picture. It kind of looks like an oven sort of thing. I don't know. It's like a weird electric deep fryer. You still put like, you know, five gallons of oil or whatever in it. So it's still like apparently a deep fryer, but I'm, I'm going in a little like tiptoeing a little bit like, is this real? Is this legit? But I'm still excited, man. Cause I, I can't wait. Uh, the deep fried, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a, uh, unintended plug of the podcast. Can't wait for Thanksgiving. Can't wait. Um, but they, yeah, really. Uh, so, <laughs> Uh, this was, I'm excited, man, because the deep fried turkeys that we're also going to have my whole family there. So we're going to have like all my aunts and uncles, all of my cousins, uh, my little cousin actually, my, or yeah, my little cousin's going to come, uh, to my apartment with my girlfriend the day before Thanksgiving on Wednesday after the Jets practice. And, and, you know, we're, we're going to take him out to dinner and then we take him to Thanksgiving. So that'll be fun. It'll be good to see everyone. And then we're going to my girlfriend's family's house and, uh, for, for dessert. You know, this is kind of like, we've lived together a couple of years, but this is like the first year we've decided for the holidays. Like, okay, no more like you go here, you go there. We've got to, we've got to do the, the, uh, gymnastics of figuring out how to make everything work. So we're doing dinner with my family because everyone's there dessert with hers and, and watching kind of the last, uh, football game there. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. The deep fried Turkey though, I'm telling you, I don't know if it's too late for you to go out and get one, but I would recommend it because it was delicious. But oh. I did learn the valuable lesson of you cannot, like before you put that thing in the deep fryer, you pat that down like 35 times to make sure there's no water because apparently if there's like even a, a, a sprinkle of water and you put it into the deep fryer, like everything explodes. So make sure you don't do that. And then you end up on on YouTube because somebody's definitely going to yeah. be filming it and it's going to be bad oh, yeah. for everyone. Um, yeah, I used to, usually year to year we either make the trip to Massachusetts for my family or Pennsylvania for my wife's. But my fam- my parents and my sister's family are going to be in Missouri this year because my nephew is graduating from basic training. So they all went out there. Oh, wow. So my brother's family is making the trip down to New York City. Uh, we're going to go to the parade. 
So wish wish me oh, luck with that, with the Macy's that. Day Parade. Oh, yeah. good luck. What time are you going to get there? Tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, early. Six, uh, I mean, I live on the Upper West Side. That helps the cause um, for okay, sure. It's, it's like one stop on the subway and I'm there. But uh, yeah, so we're doing that and then they're coming over. And, uh, and I've never been anywhere near the prepping of food for Thanksgiving and we're going to get thrown into it this year. So it's going to be interesting, but it's only going to be like seven people. So I think I can handle it. Oh, that's not bad. It. Yeah. You have a big family. Yeah, this but- Friendsgiving I went to were 18 people were at this Friendsgiving. It was nuts. Like I, like my, uh, our best friends, like we're, uh, my girlfriend and I are the godparents to their firstborn. Um, they were telling us like that they invited a bunch of people and they're like, oh, like, you know, anytime you invite people to a big party, like half of them don't come and you end up with like 10 to 12 people to be really fun, like intimate kind of thing. And she goes, I saw when she walked in, she goes, yeah, every single person we invited said they can come. She goes, so we're literally having 18 plus two more that randomly heard about it and said, hey, can I come? And so we're like, we just had the open door policy. But this one, yeah, my, my we're going to have uh, my Aunt Mary, my Uncle John, their three kids. Uh, one of the two, one obviously is now married with two kids of her own. Uh, the other one has is in is in a relationship. So his girlfriend will be there. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a packed day. And I was thinking actually probably my uncle and I were texting each other about maybe playing some golf before, uh, but I don't know what kind of weather we're going to get on Thanksgiving. I know Tuesday tomorrow, which is actually the day off is supposed to be like 60. So I'm looking forward to that to try to get outside for a little bit, but, uh, it's going to, it's going to be fun, man. I like Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite holidays just for the food and, and all that stuff and football, food and football. I've been pondering. I've been looking at the weather constantly because of the parade, obviously, and it's going to be chilly, but sunny. You said a lot of people, 18 is a lot of people, but I think, Marissa Morris, our producer, may have you beat her entire family there in New Jersey. Marissa, how many people do you have coming over for Thanksgiving? Yeah, I have about 50 people coming over to my mom's house for Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I have a very, very big family. And so that's actually about normal. Um, We started cooking. How many turkeys do you have? Well, so, you know, it's the Italian side. So we started cooking on Friday. We made seven trays of lasagna. I'm not kidding. Um, so we do lasagna, I might stop turkey. By. Where is this? We go off air. You gotta tell me when. I'm gonna make a, little, make a pitch. I'll stop. send you pictures. God. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. crazy. Um, we started moving all the furniture around. It is like a full. My mom is incredible, and I don't know how she does it every year, but uh, it's always fun. And my family comes over at one o'clock, and they don't leave till about ten thirty, eleven. So they eat all day long. So it's not only like one meal does my mom have to serve, but it's about two or three. So is is that Galicki coming to this? Is, is no, Andrew that's the other. This? That's the other side of the family. Oh, okay. Yes. I don't yes. know if listen. We'll know how loyal listeners are. How many new ones we picked up? Like the second <laughs> or third podcast we did, we did like a crossover. I guess it was the third one. So it was whenever the Jets play the Patriots. We did a crossover. And uh, we were talking to those guys, and somehow me, my college days came up, and I was like, yeah, you know, I was, you know, I was with my two college roommates, and then two of them, you know, we moved in together right outside. We were in Morristown, and, and Andrew Galicki and Brendan Tyrell, and like as soon as we got off air, Marissa comes out, she goes, Andrew Galicki's my cousin. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, a super small world. I had no idea that, it, that yeah. I was I lived for four, I guess, two years in college, and then two years out of college. So I have four years, and still one of my best friends would be a groomsman at my wedding. Uh, is is uh, Galicki. My my uncle used to be the mayor in my town. That should just show you how many uh, gotcha. family members I have. <laughs> gotcha. It's classic New Jersey. Yes. Classic. Yes. So it's always fun though, and I'm very excited for Thanksgiving. 
All right, we hope everybody has a good Thanksgiving. Um, as far as the Jets go, there'll probably be some good conversations around uh, the the tables for that team as well. And if you want to check in on where the Jets stand overall in the NFL, be sure to check out the NFL Power Rankings podcast, the Athletics Week by Week look at who's up and who's down in the NFL with hosts Lindsey Jones and Amy Parlapiano. That's the NFL Power Rankings podcast right here on the Athletic. And get a subscription to the Athletic. Go to theathletic.com/slash/the-can't-wait-podcast. Save. 40% off. Then you get all of our podcasts, not just the early in the week edition, plus all of Connor's writing and all of the writing across the, the athletic and all the other podcasts as well. So definitely save 40% the athletic.com slash the can't wait podcast. You can follow Connor on Twitter as well. Connor underscore J underscore Hughes. I'm sure there'll be, there'll be Thanksgiving photos, right? Connor, I assume on I Thursday. Should do that. Yo, you yeah. want it? I have one quick story to throw in here. So my uh, my uncle Ed and and my cousin Kyle uh, Ed von Nessen, um, they came to the Jets game because there's he played uh, college ball at BC back when they had like Doug Flutie and stuff like that. So he played with Mike Mayock, and he's pretty close with him. So you know when the Raiders came to town, he went to go see Mike and like they got him in and you know into the game with tickets and all that stuff. So they were in the parking lot, and I don't know if this this kid listens to the podcast, but but it was one of it def it absolutely made my day. So. They were in the parking lot in, like, the L section, uh, which is where they bring, like, the chartered buses or whatever in. So he texted me. He goes, hey, Connor. He goes, I'm here with Kyle. He goes, we'd love to see you because I don't think we're going to see them on Thanksgiving because they do something else than what uh, my family does. Or my mom – like, well, he is my mom's side, but they do their own thing and then we do our own thing. So I was like, oh, shit, man. Like, I haven't seen you, like, probably since last Christmas Eve. Yeah, I'd love to come down. So I I – Set my stuff up in the press box around like 11.30, had the food up there, uh, and then like I went down to see them. And as I'm walking through the parking lot, like with the umbrella, just miserable weather, whipping wind, getting hit in the face. I'm like, man, this is really worth it. Like I could totally just wait for them to come to their seats and then I'll go see them then. But all right, yeah, I'm going to go see Uncle Egg and I'm going to go see Kyle. I hear yelling behind me, Connor, Connor. And I'm like, who the hell? And so I, t- I was like, I definitely not. I don't have any friends here. So I turn and I look and it's some random Jets fan. He goes, Connor Hughes, Connor Hughes, I'm a huge fan. He goes, I love your following. He goes, I've been like following you forever, which is always such like, it's, it's really humbling whenever you hear someone like that, especially like, because I jumped on the beat in 2014. So to hear someone say like, oh, I've been following you since you were writing for about.com or I remember you with the ledger. or I remember when you first started at the USA, like that kind of stuff. It's like really cool. And like, I met someone in my gym who like, like, it was it's really humbling. And it's so much fun when people like come up and, and tell you, they know you, like, it's still surreal. But as the guy leaves, like I shake his hand, like we took a picture and it was like fun. As he leaves, he walks away. He goes, wait. And I was like, what? He goes, he puts both of his hands in the air and goes, press box food power rankings. And I was like, <laughs> my man. I was like, oh, hell yeah. Oh, dude, it made my freaking day. I went from like, you know, hating the day with like the wind hitting me in the face. to I pretty much threw the umbrella aside and skipped the rest of the way. Oh, I was so happy. <laughs> it was like, oh, I love, see, love reading. Great job. Love you. You covered the chats. One of my favorite. Blah, 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 too. Press box food power rankings. And he just, it wasn't like, I love it. It was just, he just screamed it out. And I was like, let's go. Let's freaking go. So I have no idea if he listens to the podcast. I know at least he follows me, uh, which is, which was, it, it, that guy should know that that made my freaking day, man. I love that. Awesome. Shout out to him and join the movement. PBFPR. Yeah. It's it's real. <laughs> and we don't care about the haters on Twitter. We're going to go on with it as well. All right. Well, we hope everybody out there has a great Thanksgiving as well. Enjoy the turkey. Enjoy the sides also. And enjoy the football because the Jets have won three in a row with the Bengals coming up. Thanks for tuning in.